People ask me all the time. Where do you like to eat? What's your favorite food? What's the best thing you've ever eaten? That's why we're here now. Not only to tell you what we love to eat, but where you can go get it. Everyone has an obsession with some kind of food. You're not going to eat just one. I can tell you that right now. There's nothing like them. I am obsessed. Wow. I just get crazy. It was just a sexy dish. That rocks. So I can eat a morning, noon, and night. I don't think obsession even covers it. Mmm. <sighs> there's some things that I like, and there's some things that I love. But then there's obsessions. One of the things I'm totally obsessed with is the stone crabs at Joe's in Miami, Florida. It was not like any other crab I'd ever seen before. Take a little bit of the shell off, and it's saying, eat me, now. Stone crab is top of the list. There's nothing like them. First of all, they're very cool looking. They have like this black tip and this orange and this white. I mean, they're really beautiful. I remember thinking, what is this gonna taste like? Then you like take a bite of it, and it's just this dense, clean, briny, tasting crab that is just unbelievable. If you're in Miami, you have to go to Joe's. We contract with our own fishermen. What was caught yesterday in the traps, I'm cracking it today. Joe's controls the market for stone crabs in South Florida, period. You know, we're pretty much saying within 24 hours, you're eating something that was caught. And not many restaurants can say that. They've been serving stone crabs for 100 years. In fact, one of the really cool things about stone crabs is that they regenerate their claws. This is something the family discovered back in the early 1900s. We harvest one claw at a time, and we'll, we do throw the crab back in the water, and it will regenerate itself within a year and a half to two years. That's why we say it's Mother Nature's greatest gift. It's actually a good recycling system. The stone crabs are really one of a kind. The claws are just giant. I mean, the colossals are almost the size of your hand. One goes a long way, but you're not going to eat just one. I can tell you that right now. One of the great things that Joe's does is they crack them perfectly. They really take all the work out of it. One success of Joe's is when we crack our crabs. I don't know what they have. They must have some kind of contraption that cracks them. Our crab crackers have been here a long time. It's not just some guy back there with a hammer, I don't think. And they always say a good crab cracker will do it in three cracks. It's one, two, three. You know, it's one of those things where I, I don't want to know. You just get that unbelievable crab, and it's so incredibly rich and dense. These stone crabs deliver the goods. To me, it's like crab heaven. You can only eat them at Joe's. <laughs> Everyone has an obsession with some kind of food. And for me, that obsession is rice. Not chocolate cake, not pizza, not hamburger. Simply rice. When you talk about something that you must have, I think about the creamy rice at my mom's restaurant, Sarelas, in Midtown Manhattan, New York. It's unbelievable. I can understand people out there thinking, of course you're gonna say your mom's cooking's the best. You're sort of obligated to say that. But I can tell you that I'm not the only one that shares this opinion. My mom's restaurant has featured this dish since day one on her menu. And it's something that has gotten so much attention for something so simple as rice. It's a side dish at the end of the day. Something that you soak up sauce with, right? No, this dish doesn't fall into that category and it's become a house favorite. Everyone loves it. Creamy rice casserole is a classical northern Mexican dish and the most requested recipe. It's rice, corn, sour cream, cheese, poblano, which is a beautiful green chile from Mexico. I'm gonna make a little hole in the chili so it won't explode. You roast it over an open flame and then put it in a plastic bag and you're gonna rub it like that to clean it. See how beautiful it is? All those traditional Mexican ingredients that you would expect to see but then mixed together with this rice. So all the flavors have a chance to mingle, the cheese melts, the creaminess from the sour cream sort of coats each little grain of rice. 
It's like a nice rice pudding, but spicy. Delicious and sinful. You know, you can't resist it. Just like feeling so many unbelievable feelings right now. It's just really my childhood in a bowl. My goal is to be able to cook 50% as good as my mom. She's sort of my inspiration. She's my toughest critic and my biggest fan. You ate it all? I ate it all, mommy. All 5,000 calories? It's your fault for being so good at what you do. I love just a great piece of steak. I usually tend to go for the New York, and one of the best steaks that I've ever had is at Lucky's Steakhouse in Montecito, California. There's nothing like it. It's a great aged New York steak. I always get the 14 ounce. It's really nice and thick. It's a perfect cut. There's a little marbling in it. You have a little bit of fat to give it flavor, and I love that. I'm gonna have a New York strip, and I'm gonna have it rare, actually. I think when a steakhouse does a great steak, it really comes down to where they're getting their meat and how it's aged. Lucky's is doing it right because they have a fantastic steak. So the most important thing in the first place is to source the best quality meat. And this is the finest prime you can buy. It's always aged 30 days at the meat company. And then we get the meat and we'll age it anywhere from two to three weeks before we serve it. That intensifies the flavor and it makes it tenderer. Aging gives it more of a richness, of a, a complex flavor to it. The less you do to it, the better. Sea salt, ground telecherry peppers, known for their complexity and robust flavors and then throw it on the grill. And that, you know, the smokiness of an open flame grill, it's gonna make it fantastic. It's charred perfectly. Wow. There's steak. Beautiful. And you can definitely tell that that's rare. It's kind of a habit of mine when someone puts a steak in front of me, the first thing to do is touch it a little bit to see if it's exactly how I like it. You can tell it gives a lot. It's time to eat. That's what it tells me. It's time to eat. And then I slice into it and just see this red, juicy center. The meat is so tender. A great piece of steak, the meat should be able to stand on its own. Oh, that rocks. That's all she wrote. It's great. Me, Buffalo Wings, it's a love affair. I've eaten wings seven days a week, seven times in one day at one time, 31 days straight. I do wings for dinner. I do it for breakfast. I love wings. I live, eat, sleep, and dream wings. And the best place I've ever had buffalo wings from is definitely the Jug Handle in Cinnamon, New Jersey. They do it right. They just do it right. I like a crispy wing. And the Jug Handle, they had a crunch on this wing that's amazing. It has to be crunchy enough so that when you toss it in the sauce, you still get a little crunch. That, to me, is what signifies having a great wing. A lot of people bake their wings. We don't. We fry them. The combination of the oil, the flour, that makes them very crunchy. Let them fry until they float, which you're supposed to do with a good wing. Let's talk about the chicken. We do flour them with some seasoning, which is one of our secrets that we can't divulge. This works for my wife. You know you have pretty eyes. Not working. Not working. No? <laughs> not even for me? Sometimes it's better not to know what the secret is. I smell a plate of wings coming somewhere. When they come out, it's like, wow. And then I just get crazy. I go wingish. Right. There's that bald eagle sauce. Oh my goodness. They got these wings called the bald eagle. It's got some heat. It's not, it's not made for wings. So be prepared to sweat or to cry. This is why you get it on its thigh. Because it's got some kick. But it's got good flavor. And the chicken, it's a nice medium amount of chicken on the bone. Oh man. 
I tell you, I just love wings. It's just perfect, perfect wing. And it's the best buffalo wing I've ever eaten. I wasn't expecting the best thing I ever ate. And then that first bite, <laughs> this is absolutely amazing. It was a seafood linguine with a saffron sauce, a tree in New York City. It was the most delicious meal I ordered it twice. I wasn't expecting something to look so simple, but to taste so great. It had uh, mussels, clams, linguine, but it was the sauce. Basically, you can make pasta and you can put seafood with anything, but it's the sauce that makes it. And this saffron sauce was so rich, so creamy, but so delicate. I've never tasted anything quite like it. The guy who made it got it down pat. It's made with white wine, a little bit of butter, some fresh parsley. We believe in just preparing simple dishes with the freshest ingredients. Preferably a dry wine, an unoaked wine, and the saffron. But this was just steamed right. He'd done it right in the sauce. Finish off with a little bit of fresh chopped parsley. Such a really simple dish. You've got to remember that, it's been crafted. What I like and my obsession is, like with European food, it is simple. So good. So good. It was so much like home. Great big bit of garlic in it. Fantastic. I'd be kissing anyone tonight. <laughs> I think it was four bites. I haven't really even got to the bottom. And I had this really strange epiphany. I thought, I've got to do this again. Can I get this again, please? Is everything OK? And I've never, ever, ever ordered a meal twice in a restaurant. Everything's great. I just, I just like it again. I think it's probably a very decadent treat for myself. Oh, that's even better. Mm. It is a must, an absolute must if you go to New York City. I'm telling you, if I can have one thing for the rest of my life, it would be raw oysters. So I can eat them morning, noon, and night. I'll put oysters on my cornflakes. I am crazy about raw oysters. My favorite all-time oyster, hands down, has to be the Kumamoto oysters. And here in San Francisco, the place that you have to go check out is the Hog Island Oyster Company at the Ferry Terminal Building. I don't think Obsession even covers it. Their oysters are delicious. Raw oysters to me are the perfect food. It's like this little gift inside of a rock. You crack it open and these little succulent little gems. And to me, the West Coast oyster scene is all about the Hog Island Oyster Company because you know what you're about to taste is one of the most beautiful flavors that I can think about. They're delicate, they're delicious, and it's fresh and clean. The oysters are just phenomenal. The great thing about the Hog Island Oyster Company is the fact that they grow the oysters themselves in Tamales Bay, which is located about an hour north of San Francisco. Oysters don't come from an oyster tree. They're actually you know, harvested in what's called an estuary which is sort of like an intercoastal waterway. Hog Island grows all these oysters right here in Tomales Bay. Oh my God. I can totally get why Tyler likes these because Kumamoto's really pick up the terroir of the bay. Water kind of comes and goes with the tide and that's what the oysters feed off of. You could buy these oysters right here, go over to the picnic tables, eat them right now. I mean, you can't get any fresher than this. That's why I like to go there, because it's not just a dozen oysters, it's an oyster experience. And I love that. And I love the fact that it's local, I love the fact that they care, uh, and, and you can tell that bite after bite. The best Kumamoto oysters here are going to make it to the Ferry Plaza building. These oysters will be on somebody's dinner plate within 24 hours. When you walk into the Hog Island Oyster Company, the Ferry Terminal building, uh, you're surrounded by this beautiful vista of San Francisco Bay. 
They prepare the oysters in such a professional manner. It's so great to watch them. They're real artisans, and they make it look like it's a piece of cake. The guy will fly through 100 oysters before you even know it. And the oysters, they're screaming for someone to just wolf them down, and that's, that's my job. This is how you do it. Okay, so you take the oyster, right, you put a little bit of mignonette sauce right on top of that, and you take the whole thing, and you say hello to my little friend. Mmm. Mmm, briny, crisp, fresh. Bam. Mmm. Whoa! I love oysters, man. They're addictive, I'm telling you. I'm right there with the oyster thing, too. But there is something else that I have a huge obsession with, and that's coconut which brings me to the triple coconut, triple, triple cream. Coconut cream. I think it's triple coconut custard cream pie. I'm not even sure. I, doesn't matter what the name is. It's the only pie on the menu with coconut and cream and white chocolate from Red Seafood in Voorhees, New Jersey. This pie is like the nirvana of dessert. This is better than any pie I have ever had in my entire life. This pie is heavenly, it is decadent, it is sexy, it is just to die for. Ritzy Food is in the suburbs of New Jersey. Danny is the chef. Now we will start on our famous crust. We use uh, the coconut water instead of uh, ice water. And then my secret ingredient, a little coconut rum. The alcohol in the rum evaporates quickly, making a more flakier crust. I have had other coconut pies, and no one has ever done that before. Then it has coconut in the custard. So now we got crust, we got custard. So now what are we topping our pie with? Just top it off with this beautiful fresh whipped cream. And then on top there are these shavings of white chocolate and shavings of coconut. We having fresh coconut or we having fresh coconut? Fresh coconut that's been shaved and then toasted. How much do you love coconut? Like all on top of the pie and falling all down on your plate. I don't even want to chew it. I just want it to melt in my mouth. It's so light and delicate. The pie is incredible. Do I just like die right here? Finished off with a shot of espresso. <laughs> I have this obsession with coconut. <laughs> I am obsessed with these lemon scallion crab cakes. I need a moment to kind of just think about it. So good. At Tom Douglas's restaurant called Dahlia in Seattle, Washington, they perfected that recipe. It is awesome. When I want a crab cake, I want a meaty lump crab cake with just a light crust. I have found that the biggest problem with crab cakes is that the filling isn't usually all crab meat. They stuff it with lots of other fillers, which just drives me crazy. But at Dahlia, it is phenomenal. I think our crab cakes are the best because of the fact that they're all crab in a thick cake. Lots of chunky, thick, yummy, fresh crab meat. 
It's in Seattle too, so of course Seattle is known for seafood. They seasoned it with a little bit of lemon juice and lemon zest, and just a little bit of scallion and a tiny bit of onion flavor, which I really like that combination together. We pan fry them in rice bran oil. It creates this golden, really yummy crust that's thin. We're gonna flip them and finish them in the oven. For the plate, we have a, a romesco, which is a red pepper almond sauce. A roasted Yukon potatoes. We roast the potatoes, also with rice oil and a little bit of butter. Then we make the salad. They're not cooked very long either, which again, I think is why they taste so good. These are not heavy. When you cut into them, and you can just hear that, that crispy crust from the outside of the crab cake. And then you bite into it. The inside's kind of just flaky and light. Meat just goes, opens up like flakiness. Mm. That lemon kind of penetrates everything. It brings it all together. And it is one of those meals that you never forget. They are unbelievable. Whoa. Can we talk about this? It's, it's not meant to be this way. I'm making a small order of wings, okay? 